Thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode 11 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. On today's episode, we have Coach Brad Lacey of Churchill High School in San Antonio, Texas. We also have Coach Brian Penna of Somerset High School in Somerset, Texas. We also have Mr. Chase Shannon in the background uh, filming a news segment for the local news station. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. Make sure you guys go check us out on all the social media platforms and, and show some love. Show all these coaches love. They're, they're, they're sharing the stories and, and the passion for the game and for the profession. Uh, we appreciate it. Episode 11, Coach Lacey, Coach Penner. Let's get after it. Now there it is. What's happening? Somerset Pride. I yeah, you know, you can't come in there with T-shirts and, and whatnot like the other, like the school Zoom meetings. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know you got a couple meetings uh, after this, uh, Penna, so we'll, we'll get it rolling. We'll get in. We'll get out and, and get you okay. back to your lives and your families. You good with that? Yes, sir. Coach Penna, I'm Brad Lacey. It's good to, good to see you. Uh, you guys kind of broke up there. Y'all are good? Yeah, I'm good. Well, let's get rolling. We got Coach uh, Brad Lacey from Churchill High School and Coach Brian Penna from Somerset. I just want to thank you guys for taking time to, to come and talk and hang out with us for a little bit. Thanks for the invite, Marcus. Glad to be here. Yes, this is a great deal that you're putting on. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you invited me to, to, to join in. Well, thanks, uh, Brian. I appreciate you, as always. Uh, let's talk a little bit about about this whole COVID situation, how are you guys holding up? What are y'all doing during your day, day-to-day routines, things that keep you sane, that kind of stuff? Coach Lacey, you first. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously presented a unique challenge. Um, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think when this thing first began, it was um, – you know, I kind of approached it like it was nice to have a little bit of extra rest, but then you kind of start to figure out what, what are we going to do here and uh, start to go a little bit crazy. Um, I, I think for me, we, we've had a special, uh, we, we have a special needs son. Um, I've got a 12-year-old with autism, so we had to kind of figure out he's, he's nonverbal, and, and thankfully we've still had therapies for him. Uh, but the hours on that have changed, and so my wife and I have kind of have uh, had the challenge of, of kind of tag teaming on him and and trying to uh, make sure he's taken care of. But it's also presented a challenge as far as the the things that we need to get done for school and work. Um, my wife works for Northeast uh, ISD also, and so there are certain things we got to take care of, and so we've kind of had to tag team to get him taken care of. So that's kind of been our focus. Um, uh, we've we've started some we we we're doing a a book study with our players uh, right now um, for our team. We started that about four or five weeks ago, and uh, that's been good. That that was something I needed to do kind of for my own sanity, I think. So uh, I think the players have enjoyed it. It's it's been good, but uh, that that's kind of. Uh, but but I will tell you, Marcus, the the days and the weeks just kind of started to run together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm constantly asking uh, my wife or even my kids, like, uh, what was today again? Is it Thursday? Is it Friday? You know, just kind of fly by and they get all mixed up. How are you doing over there, Coach Penna? Um, You know, you can only clean – you can clean so much. Um, You can walk the neighborhood. You can jog the neighborhood so much. Uh, Just trying to find a routine, you know. um, I think talking to the other teachers on our weekly Zoom meetings – it's kind of like when we get back to some sort of normalcy, 
can we as teachers, like a day-to-day routine of, of getting up, going to work, doing our jobs, because it's hard enough just to get online, um, work with our students, um, put together our work. Because uh, like for myself, uh, I take care of kind of things for the background of the teachers, uh, putting uh, the, the digital side of, well, not the digital side, but the, the packet side of it together, getting it back to the school so then they can run the packets out for the kids. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a whole new world right now. Um, but trying to find a, a day-to-day routine is, is, and it's the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but I like the idea of Coach Lacey, what he said about the book study, uh, you know, because right now the chat has been an ongoing chat since the, uh, the, the, the Jordan documentary with my kids. Um, it's kind of like um, I got three kids pro Jordan and then like 12 kids pro LeBron James. So it's, it's a constant feud. And, I mean, the feud can start at 10 o'clock at night or at 6 o'clock in the morning, and it's, it's an ongoing battle. So that's the only thing that really gets me going um, a lot of days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to be able to uh, solve that issue of, of who's the greatest, right? I mean, there's, people are going to argue to the blue in the face for one or the other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I am pro-Jordan, just an FYI. Most definitely. <laughs> Let's talk about your childhood. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, what were some of the influences in your life that uh, led you down this path of education and coaching? Well, um, born and raised right here in San Antonio, um, you know, kind of not, I'm going to say the inner west side, but on the outskirts, uh, Penn Road, um, Marbach area, kind of moved further out. The older I've got, um, was supposed to have gone to John Jay, uh, was part of the first four-year cohort of his careers, uh, high school. Um, the, 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 the guy that inspired me the most um, to basically the career that I'm in um, is Coach Jacklidge, Robert Jacklidge, uh, superintendent, doctor. Um, I call him Senator Jacklidge because the guy can talk you out of your shoes if you wanted to. You didn't even know you gave him. Um, the guy is phenomenal when it comes to just – uh, education besides basketball, just education alone. Um, he's a, a, a fantastic teacher. Um, that 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 guy right there inspired me. And um, throughout my playing career, I was fortunate enough to play for people like him. Um, Coach Hayes at Oklahoma Christian University, um, and then transferred down uh, back here to play my last three years at uh, Texas Lutheran University for uh, Coach Schuler, who. Um, was a different type of coach, uh, probably one of the hardest people um, that I've ever played for. But at the end of the day, I mean, if, if there was somebody that rounded out the person I am today, um, as far as my career is concerned, it was that guy right there because uh, – how can I put this? Um, he's, you know, his, his philosophy was um, I'm going to teach you how to be a man first and then I'm going to teach you about basketball second. And I think, you know, everybody that has ever played for him can, can stand and say, yeah, I, I, I'm a man. I am a, as a man um, today because of him. Yeah. Nice. That's some powerful influences. It sounds like you have. Coach Lacey. Yeah. Um, I, we, uh, we moved around a little bit growing up. Um, I was born in Houston. We moved to San Antonio, um, actually about a mile from where I live now um, in the uh, Churchill attendance zone. And, and, uh, uh, but then we moved um, 
uh, moved to Houston, and then we moved. Uh, I went to high school all four years at Victoria High, mm-hmm. uh, back when there was a Victoria High, um, before they consolidated and now split into East and West. Um, uh, played for uh, Coach Mike Smith at Victoria High School, who uh, went into the TAP Hall of Fame about about three or four years ago. And uh, Coach Smith had a tremendous influence on me. He's probably the, the greatest competitor um, I've ever known. Um, but when I started to go into coaching, he also um, gave me some great advice. And he said, you know, he said, Brad, you're not going to want to do um, everything the way I do it. You know, and he said, you're, you're going to want to find, you know, find your way and find your niche. And, um, uh, you know, you know, I, I think I did learn uh, a lot of, how I, I did want to do things, but a lot of things I didn't want to do. Um, and uh, he was very supportive uh, along the way in that. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate. I, I went to Howard Payne University and was able to uh, to play for a little while, but then I got on as a student assistant. And I really enjoyed that. Um, kind of helped me uh, see, you know, what coaching was all about before I was even out of college. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate. Churchill's the seventh school I've been at, um, but when I was an assistant, um, I was fortunate to work for a couple of um, great head coaches. Kimball McCone, um, who's the, the head coach at Bernie. Kimball's uh, one of my best friends in this business, and um, I was Kimball's assistant for three years out in Uvalde, and uh, years ago, this is, this is uh, over 20 years ago now, and I uh, met my wife there in Uvalde, and, um, and then... Uh, became a head coach at a, a, a couple of small schools. Um, uh, had, had a lot of fun coaching in a little place called Utopia um, out, in, uh, out in the Hill Country. And then when I came back to Madison, I was fortunate to, uh, to become John Valenzuela's assistant uh, when he was at Madison. And the first year I was there um, was the second of their two years going back to back to the state tournament. And uh, so you know, you know, I think is, is, uh, Coach Penn mentioned some influences. I, I think those two guys, Kimball McCone and John Valenzuela, um, were tremendous influences on me. Um, not just as, not just as a, a basketball coach, but, uh, but, but as a man, I think those two guys are just, um, do it the right way. Um, and, and they're great. They're great people. Well, both, both of them are outstanding guys. Definitely a class act. Ben, uh, talk about your journey a little bit, coaching-wise. You know, where did you get your start up until this point? Well, I've, uh, you know, started teaching and coaching um, back in 2000 and uh, been at Somerset all 20 years. Um, uh, basically came in. Um, J.B. York uh, was the principal at the junior high um, when I, where I started teaching. But at the same time he was the principal, he was the assistant coach or kind of like a co-head coach at the high school. At the time, Somerset was with the original 3A, I guess you could say. And the superintendent said, look, you know, once your son graduates, you need to like simply be, you know, um, administration. And so after his son graduated, they were looking for an assistant, a strictly an assistant basketball coach. And I just got done. Uh, At the time, Coach Zimmerman was the boys head coach. and, and he. And Coach Jacklidge, uh were friends, you know, over many years. And, of course, he, he watched me play uh, back when I was at Holmes. And, you know, 
one thing led to another, got in the job. Um, so back in 2005, when I was ready to, you know, um, I guess you can say leave the nest and go get my first head job, I was offered a head position at Del Rio. And um, I really, really didn't want to leave. But uh, the athletic director at the time came back and said, look, um, we have a u unique opportunity. How about you stay? We'll make you the boys' head coach. Coach Zimmerman um, is, is, is about two or three years away from retirement. He's done uh, some girls' head coaching at Antonian, won a state championship there. He will be the girls' head coach. You'll be his assistant on the girls' side. You'll be the boys' head coach. He'll be your assistant on the boys' side. Mm -hmm. So that was a really, really fun two years. Um, we, we started basketball. At that time, school started for us at like 7.45 in the morning, ended about 3 o'clock. So we started practice at 3.15, ended practice about 7.30, went from girls to boys. And so uh, we, we, built, we had a lot of basketball. And I found uh, uh, a unique situation to where um, – how to put this? The, the, those, the way we ran things, um, Zimmerman oversaw the offense. I oversaw the defense on both, both, both programs. So I really wanted to see, you know, what can, can we run uh, what we run on the boys' side with the girls? And so we had a lot of success um, on the girls' side. And the boys was coming off a horrible season um, the, the year uh, after um, took over. So we were just starting. But um, took over in 2006 or, uh, yeah, the fall of um 2006 basically and been the the boys head coach um ever since so i've, I've not um jumped around um have had some opportunities to leave as an assistant but i really um have enjoyed um somerset um I've enjoyed our success um and i think after our state run a couple of years ago i i've really looked at my career and said you know what i'm 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 more of a one school small town you know uh coach and i mean if we grow into a 5a and consistently consistently stay at a 5a this is where i'm i'm meant to be i mean if, if, if it's not at somerset down the road it's definitely at a small school so both of you guys have made trips to the state tournament sounds like uh talk about that experience a little bit not all coaches are as fortunate to to, to be there and, and to get to experience something like that just talk about that a little bit well, I was uh, I was fortunate um, also uh, to be on a team um, my junior year as a, as a player in high school that went and lost in the 5A uh, state tournament. And that was an interesting year um, because um, it was two, uh, 5A was the largest classification and the, the 5A state championship was Victoria and Longview. Uh, so there was not a uh, we had beaten a, a Metroplex, I, I, uh, Fort Worth, Fort Worth OD Wyatt in the semifinals, and I don't remember who Longview had had beaten, uh, but we had beaten Marshall and Clark in the regionals to get out, and it was the first time a non-San Antonio school, you know, had represented in a while. Um, it was the first time, uh, you know, in, in a long time that that you had two two teams that weren't from the major metropolitan, you know, major metropolitan cities make it to, uh, you know, make it there. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, I was one of those guys that, uh, uh, you know, was probably the, I was probably the, the seventh man on a team that played six. Uh, so, uh, I had the best, uh, seat in the, uh, in the gym, but you know, I, I think, um, 
you know, the experience of, of walking down the tunnel at the Irwin Center, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a 16, 17-year-old kid, and then the excitement of doing it, you know, doing it again as, as an assistant coach with, with Madison um, was, was the same. But I will say, I, the, the thing I remember um, about, <laughs> about when we went at Madison was just, you know, the grind of the season. You know, you, you're almost so exhausted. I, and Coach Penn, I, I don't know how it was for you a couple of years ago, but you, you're almost just so exhausted you can't even uh, enjoy it as much. Uh, you're, you're relieved, um, but but it, it had been the season had been such a long grind. Um, you, you know, there, there's a relief to be there, um, but but maybe not the. You know, I think if I could go back, I would try to soak it in a little bit more. Yeah, the the you know I, how can I put this? They we got pieces. You know that that team. Uh, I look at state teams. Um, either you're a, a Silsby, like you're just a powerhouse, um, or you're a, a, one of those teams that, um, as a system team, that the system works and you're going to just make it run. Or like us, I think we were that, that pieces to a puzzle team. And if you can get those pieces together at the right time, you can make it run. And um, we, had, uh, you know, we had a 6'10 kid that transferred in as a sophomore, but he'd lived in Somerset all of his life. Um, and he was at St. Anthony's and then and, and, uh, just, you know, parents decided we're moving it back to Somerset. Um, and then we had uh, our athletic director's kid, uh, Dinkelman, our quarterback, about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, big kid, um, who was just coming off of a foot injury his sophomore year. So he missed all of his uh, sophomore year for athletics. And so, of course, we had probably top five point guard in the, in the region, in my personal opinion, and as Isaiah Rivera. So, I mean, we, we struggled a little bit from here and there um, off of a team that went and lost in the regional semis without Isaiah Rivera the year before. So, uh, once we got to the regional tournament and we played, uh, we had to play Brazosport. And the year before, they banged their drums by 30. And I told our guys going into that game, I said, listen, you beat them. I don't care if it's going to be Oso or if it's going to be Bernie. You're going to state, but you're, you're going to have to get by Brazosport. And so, of course, we beat Brazil Sport, and we, we beat Oso. Um, but like Coach Lacey said, yes, that was a tiring run. Um, after we – and i tell you what, after we beat Brazil Sport, um, and we got on the bus and we're headed back to our hotel and feed the kids, um, I turned my phone on, and my phone is blowing up. It's, it's blowing up with text messages, congratulations. Coach, if you need anything, I've got numbers I don't even recognize – um, my huddle, my huddle app is blowing up. I'm getting um, videos sent to me from about this is what you need for also blah blah blah. Da, da. And so, as soon as we feed the kids, get them to bed, my assistant coaches and I, um, I think by eleven o'clock, you know, we take about three to four pieces of film a piece. We're up until about four in the morning breaking down film, trying to find some sort of consistency. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a very tiring, but it's a, I mean it's it's a fun experience. I mean, there's just story after story about that run. Um, I mean, we're in the Alamo Dome, and um, I'm getting stopped by an SAPD officer that was a Somerset grad, just, hey, coach, you know, just here to watch, you know, congratulations, and, and good luck to you guys. And so that, it, was a, it was a fun run, and um, I'm hoping before my career's done that you can go and do it at least one more time. So, and then one other thing that, that I find interesting, um, uh, 
somebody else I, I felt to mention uh, that, that has shaped my career that I've known since I was a kid because my dad has done a lot of business with him over the years, who's now retired, Coach Osterman, that was at Taft, who made his many runs at State. Um, I had talked to him because, um, of course, his, his runs and something that he uh, had to remind me, he, he said, you know, you got to understand and take this into perspective. Um, so many coaches have been to regional tournaments, and you've already done that now three times. And take that to how many coaches have been to the state. And, you know, coaches have been doing this for 30 years and haven't been to the regional tournament, more or less state. And when you sit there and you think about that, that's, that's huge. That's like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to soak it up as best and as much as you can when you're there. I was talking a little bit about – I don't want to assume that you guys are both uh, – uh, watch the Jordan documentary up to date. I know you were talking about it, Penna. I don't know if Coach Lacey, you've been keeping up? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so you saw the video this weekend when it showed uh, Jordan get a little emotional. He's talking about pushing his teammates. But in the video clip, it shows him running those sprints and, and winning those sprints and, and, and being the leader in that sense. And not only just, uh, I guess, barking the commands, but, but living up to his own expectations and setting the example. I mean – what are ways you think that some of our, our young athletes away from watching a clip like that? Well, you know, it, it, um, one of the things um, I'm actually using that quote because uh, I've got it right here because I'm going to use it with my guys on our on our Zoom team meeting on Thursday. You know, he said when he says winning has a price, leadership has a price. Um, I push people when they didn't pushed um i challenged people when they didn't want to be challenged but i never asked them to do something i wasn't willing to do myself you know i I think like what we're going to talk about on thursday is you know is the difference between your comfort zone and your growth zone and i you know and how that to me that quote really showed how you know he wasn't afraid to to push outside that comfort zone but he was going to take guys with him and um, and I, I think just the, the, the accountability, um, that he demonstrated, um, you know, obviously, it, it, you know, he was a teammate that was, was probably tough to deal with, but it, you know, he, he talked about, he was tough to deal with because he just had a standard of excellence and he, and he was gonna, he was gonna take those guys with him. And, uh, I, I, I think it's just great that, um, you know, Marcus, uh, I, I, uh, I know I'm, I'm probably the older guy on this uh, deal today, uh, but, you know, the, I remember those teams. You know, to me, that like the age our guys are at now, well, that's where I was. You know, I was a high school kid. You know, I graduated in 93 from high school. So I, I, I remember these teams. You know, I'm, I'm in high school and college and probably watching more NBA just like our guys do now. And so I think it's just awesome that our guys can see – see this and um and get such a buy i think it's really well done um i enjoy the flashbacks you know that they do in it and and i I think it's i think it's tremendous but i I think just the the accountability piece and and how he was gonna push his guys outside the comfort zone that that's what i'm gonna talk about with my guys at least well yeah and that's the number one deal is the accountability piece um you know we had a uh our Marky Soto, my point guard this year, who had been on varsity since he was a sophomore, um, you know, was part of that state team. You know, he, he had some key minutes um, his sophomore year. Um, and, then of course, 
as a junior, he was part of, you know, a six and 2014, you know, from, from one of the best teams to one of the worst teams. Um, and then did a fantastic job as a senior, as a leader. And then, you know, like Jordan in that clip where he's, he's leading the way in those sprints. Um, you know, not only is he leading the way in those sprints, Marky, but he's also pushing those other guys. He's not just, you know, let's get after it. Let's go. He's also rooting. Let's go. Let's finish. Let's push it. Let's push it. And then, you know, that to me, um, it spreads. It's, it's, it's something that, that grows on everybody. That's something that pushes everybody. That's something that, that, that first guy off the bench to the last guy on the bench, you know, it just, it, it motivates everybody to, to want to, to get better, to push, you know, first one in the gym, last one out the gym type of situation as well. So um, it, it, it shows the leadership. Um, and yeah, Mike, uh, you know, MJ, you could tell was somebody that um, it was tough to play with, but like he said, you know, um, I, I want to win and this is the way to, to go about doing this is the way I'm going to do it. And so, you know, you're just going to have to deal. You know, uh, it's hard. You can't really put a price on the value of uh, peer leadership, right, within the group. And you have a guy willing to, uh, to take on that role. You know, the kids respond so, so well to it. I mean, us as coaches, we're going to be on the kids. We're going to do our jobs. But when it comes from within the program, that's when you end up having special teams like, like the teams you're talking about that go to state and make those runs because they have that, that peer leadership. Let's talk a little bit about sharing athletes. I know uh, you guys have mentioned, uh, like, Coach Pena, you had a, one heck of a quarterback on your team uh, during that state run who was you know, highly recruited. And, and Coach Lacey, I mean, I might be wrong, but maybe, did you not have a, a baseball player on your team as well uh, a few years ago that was pretty good? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we've had um, uh, we, our, our quarterback this year um, played for, as, you know, was a three-year letterman. Um, for basketball too, um, and, and baseball. So, so yeah, we, we um, yeah, we, we definitely share. So, so let's talk about I guess the, the keys to y'all's uh, being able to do it so successfully, and and uh, and working through those things. Well, well, I mean, I've being a small school. I mean, that's what we always do. I mean, we do nothing but share. And I think the the, the our most excel, sex, successful years is when we do have a high number of athletes. I don't say high number, but at least my, uh, five or six kids that come from football um, that, that play a good number of minutes um, for us. Um, that's some of our better years because they're really good athletes. I mean, Isaiah Rivera, again, um, you know, top five point guard in the area. Um, he, was, he was our leading wide receiver in receptions and touchdowns. Perfect example of the first year um, we went to the regional tournament. Um, not my first year. Well, at least as far as my coaching career, um, we, when we had a five out, uh, five out, five in five out system, um, we had five football players that, uh, that I rotated in um, that could flat out play some basketball. Uh, you know, quarterback, two wide receivers, uh, free safety, and a tight end. Um, so, I think what's key to, to sharing is, um, and I'm not going to lie, is, a, is a, a football coach that's willing and wanting to share. And I think a football coach that's understanding of how much basketball is going to help his, his players um, in football um, is going to be key. Uh, 
as well, and and to also show that we do spend our, our time in the off, or not in the off season, but in the um, in the regular season, we we do spend our time in the weight room more. We do spend that time or allow that time to let our football players get in the weight room as well during basketball season. Um, so Sonny Detmer is probably one of the biggest, uh, probably my biggest supporter um, when it comes to basketball. So we have never had a problem of sharing. As a matter of fact, I get to keep my guys an extra two weeks after the season is over with. So, um, and then whenever the governor's ready to release, um, we'll get our, we'll get our couple of hours of um, gym time with our guys um, as well. So, yeah, I think I think that is the biggest deal is is the relationship with our head football coaches. Yeah, I, w- I would completely um, you know echo that in that uh, you know this is like we're in the relationship business, um, and um, I've been fortunate. Um, you know, Ron Harris, our athletic coordinator at Churchill, is um, he, he's his biggest supporter of all the programs. And, uh, you, you know, I, it, and it works both ways because he's going to support us. But, but I can tell you what, um, you know, uh, every Friday or here in Northeast when we play Saturday nights, too, I mean, I, I want our football team. It just, you know, when our football team um, can have a good year, it really – it really kind of gets the momentum going, uh, um, and since they're the you know they're the first sport uh, of the year in the fall, it, it's uh, you know I want I always want to see him do well, and he wants to, he wants to see us do well, and success breeds success, and um, uh, I I just think that it it really like like to echo Coach Penna, um, it's really all about the relationships and and working not just working for, but working with, with good people. Yeah. Most memorable games that off the top of your head that you've been a part of as a coach or a player, you know, nothing too in-depth, just uh, most memorable game for you guys. I don't know, beating McCollum the first time. <laughs> <laughs> we got you back the next year, right? Okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. That wasn't really it. Was it? <laughs> um, most memorable game for me would be a. Uh, uh, this is my second year at New Braunfels Canyon. Um, it was a second round game against Austin McCallum, and I think they were ranked like number seven in the state or something. They were good. I mean, they were really good, and uh, uh, we played out of our minds. Our, our, we had an all-region guard named Sean Tollinger, and he hit seven threes in the first half. And uh, we win this game, and, and you know, I, I think at this point, um, you know, we got a chance. Like, we, we got a chance to go to the state tournament. Um, but uh, we, we played Cedar, Cedar Park next, who ended up beating Lanier. Um, in the regional semis and they beat Bernie champion in the regional finals. And we had beaten Lanier earlier that year and, and uh, we had a really big team, but um, you know what that also should, we lost to Cedar Park the next game and shot, you know, which we went from shooting our highest percentage all year on a Friday night to turn around and you shoot your lowest percentage of the year on Tuesday, the next Tuesday. And that's just sometimes how, you know, the way basketball goes. Yeah. And that's kind of what I took from that. But, but it was especially it was one of those nights, you know, where where I mean, uh, you know, shooting well, shooting well, and playing well are not one and the same. Uh, those those two things are different. 
But that particular night, we did both. We, we played well and we shot the ball real well. Um, you know, even through the state run and, and beating Brazosport and West Oso, those were great games. But for me, the biggest, the biggest game um, was when Sam Houston dropped to 3A and uh, we were in the same district. Um, and, you know, Sam Houston's going to go to state and they're going to kill everybody once they get to district. Um, you know, we played them over there the first time, the first game in district play. Um, and, and, and we walked out of there only losing by three or four points. And after being down on 15, 16, then I told my guys, we're going to beat them when they come to our house and we're going to finish this district tie for district champs. We're going to do it. And um, in our little, at that time we played in the original high school gym and I mean, we can only see eight or 900 people. I mean, the fire marshal would have walked into that gym they would have shut it down. I mean, we was a standing room only type of situation. And, um, you know, it, it, it's back and forth. Dunks are going both ways. I mean, we had a guy at that time that could fly out of the gym, catch an alley-oops. Um, uh, uh, Jacob or Jordan Hillier, um, I, I still remember his kid stats, 25, 13, five blocks. And um, uh, we walk away winning by two. Um, and it was just, a, it was a stunner. Yeah, it was a stunner. I mean, when it's supposed to happen, um, they were not going to lose in the play or not, and not going to lose in the district play. And we beat them in our house. And, uh, and I mean, we even jumped up on them early. I mean, it was a double digit at one time. So to me that for, for, especially early in my, my head coaching career, that was, that was one of the, probably the most memorable game. Yeah. Nice. Let's talk about most impactful moments that you guys have had in your, as coaches. You know, we get into this business and, and working with kids, and, and it goes much deeper than basketball, right? And so just – you don't have to use names or, or any particular stories at all, just things that kind of let you know that we're in it for the right reasons. Um, we lost uh, – when I was – Utopia, little 1A school, we had, um, we, we ended the season, uh, we lost in the regional finals, and uh, that, that's all, I think that's the one, you know, sometimes you remember the losses more, <laughs> and that's the one that if I, if I could get it back, that's the one I'd have back, because um, it was the regional finals, you know, and uh, um, we're playing, uh, we didn't we didn't play great. But anyways, we we had a chance to to uh, to tie it, and we missed a layup at the buzzer. Like um, we had fouled, we had you know we'd fouled to stop the clock, put them on the free throw line, and we had worked on a break coming back. You know, basically a, a sideline type. So we we knew we were going to be able to get a shot, yeah. and we got a great shot. And the ball came off the rim, and uh, we we you know, we missed the layup. Now we would have had to win it with we would have had to do. To win the game in overtime with one of our bigs out who fouled out, but um, I, I remember um, I, I I just felt so bad for the kid that missed the shot, and so my first reaction was to go over to him and just give him a hug, and um, I didn't think much of it, but um, you know that kid always stayed with me, and. Um, uh, you know, somebody mentioned it, a, I don't know, a year later or so when I was in a, a Sunday school class and uh, somebody mentioned that I had done that and how they were kind of moved by it. And, and uh, so I thought, well, you know, 
you know, play didn't work maybe, but I did something right, I guess. So, um, you know, the, the, but the fact that the kids always kept in touch with me and, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I know he was heartbroken, but he didn't let us down. If he hadn't been out there, we wouldn't have had a shot. So, uh, that, you know, there, there's a lot of moments like that, but, but that's one, you know, to answer your question that kind of sticks out. Coach Bennett? Um, most impactful, I, I, this was during the state run. Um, when we played Lytle in the first round, um, we, were, we were down like – I mean, you know, one versus four. We're down 15, 18 points. And, um, you know, this was one of those situations to where, um, you know, I go into halftime, I didn't go screaming, yelling, hooting, hollering. I just had a meaningful talk. And, you know, we get back in the game. and um, But we're still not playing our best basketball. And my point guard just, you know, Isaiah's just not getting his act together. And then so, I don't know, I think about three or four minutes left in the game. And I and – I, in a timeout, you know, and I get after him. I said, listen, you want to be the man? It's time for you to be the man. It's time for you to take over this game. You know, stop stop deferring to everybody else. It's time for you to put your stamp on this game in this season. It's now or nothing. And from that point on, he took over the game. And I, I, he got fouled a handful of times, took it to the basket, finished whatever. But from that point on and from the rest of the run, I mean, it was just like he was unstoppable. And it's like a switch finally, you know, in his head turned on. Because even throughout the season, as good of a season as he had, he was not – I just didn't think he he was playing as well as he could. Um, But just that – just jumping on him about being the man, you know. So um, that probably was probably the most impactful thing that I've ever seen as far as as, um, – just getting, just getting somebody going and sustaining that momentum for not just a game, but for, you know, weeks, for, for multiple games and for weeks. So, yeah. And I'm saying that confidence that you helped give them on the court translated to a lot of things uh, off the court as well. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because his – in the back of his mind, you know, this is a kid that – um, you know, went, to, did the summer camps, played day, you played at the, the big travel, uh, tournaments, um, getting letters across all over the country. And, you know, the previous season, his junior year, um, broke his leg cause it, you know, on a foul, got fouled, went into the wall, broke his leg. So he missed the majority of the summer. Um, so then all those offers started to die because as coach Lacey, as all of us know, that recruiting is not what it used to be. You know, coaches show up in the gym, coaches call, uh, coaches request, um, you know, VHS tapes. <laughs> um, so now just let me go watch, a, let me go watch a couple of games, um, AU games. Hey, let's sign this kid. And when a kid's not there, it's like, okay, um, well, apparently he's not worth going to check up on anymore. So, you know, I know in the back of his mind, it's like I should have already been signed, which he should have been. Um, so I think that was part of the reason why there were some struggles throughout the, that his, his senior year. Um, and I mean, I remember going to the state tournament. Um, I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm feeling phone calls from tons of D3s. Like, why is this kid signed? Is he a bad kid? Is his grades poor? Is, has he got a bad home life? And I'm like, he's got a fantastic home life. This kid's, you know, maintained a 3.5 GPA. He scored over a thousand SAT. Um, so yeah. 
Um, but, you know, I just, you know, you just told him, look, just keep playing, keep doing what you're doing. But you want to be the man, you got to show these people that you deserve to be here. So, yeah. You know, uh, um, before we uh, you know, call this one a day, Coach, uh, I just want to ask Coach Pena, what exactly has my cousin Shelly told you about the time where she tried to drown me in the pool? Has she told you anything about that? <laughs> she just says that it, it's, it's you. You you upset it you upset her and um it's it's technically your fault your fault so that's something that you're gonna have to take. I was about three or four years old and and then she she knows that you're not gonna want to do that. Yeah, I was just minding my business to be honest with you. I just wanted to get that out there and so it's clear yeah. minding my business. Shelly doesn't Shelly doesn't mind her business and that's part of the problem. <laughs> I love my cousin. I, I appreciate I you guys taking some time out to hang out and talk. Um, I know we got the TABC clinic going on right now and, and all kinds of things at home. So I'll let you get to y'all's meetings and, and about the rest of the day, uh, but I appreciate you very much. This is great. I, I'd rather just sit around and talk like this. So I, I appreciate you doing it, Marcus. This is fun. Yes, sir. I appreciate yes. you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Coach Penna. Yes, sir. Thank you. You guys have a good day. All right. Thank you too. Thanks, Marcus.